0: there's a word in Luke chapter 24 behooved and that word behooved means uh, of necessity or necessary it was necessary in Luke chapter 24 <clears throat> verse 44 and he said unto them these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ. We're looking at four necessities. this That's the subject, four necessities. When I was in school, there was a uh, a guy, Maslow, lived back in the, in the fifties, he put together this hierarchy of needs. Sister Nelda, you might remember that stuff from school. Hierarchy of needs. They say that a fundamental need of, of mankind, physiological meaning of the body, that you gotta breathe and you gotta eat food and drink water, you gotta sleep. Next to be safety. Of the body, of employment, of property, you gotta have shelter, guys. Stuff. The next, and and Maslow, he says that you can't go to the next level until you've achieved a certain level of the former level. So, without physiological needs, without eating and drinking, you can't. a, A shelter won't do you much good. See, you you have to uh, as you go upward. Wise, then then these needs being met. The next thing is love or belonging, having friendship and family, intimacy with a with a partner, with with a spouse. After that, then you have self esteem and confidence and respect and so on. And then once someone has arrived, and Maslow said only a few people have reached the pinnacle of need fulfillment, that self-actualization, morality, creativity, spontaneity, lack of prejudice, being a, being a whole person, self-actualization, and when all those needs are met, then all your needs truly are met, all the necessities, all the behoovements of mankind are met. I tell you by scripture, not one of those things are, are, are mentioned. The four necessities as mentioned in this passage. Continue reading with me. Verse 46. Christ speaking, and said, and then thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to raise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and ye are witnesses of these things. From the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the four necessities. First, you see the necessity of the gospel. The necessity of the gospel. Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to raise from the dead the third day. The necessity of Him. Well, why was it necessary? You ever think about that? Why was it necessary for Jesus Christ to suffer and to rise again the third day? That's an important question. It was necessary for the glory of God. Necessary for the glory of God. Look, in Ephesians chapter 2, excuse me, chapter 1, it was necessary for the glory of God. That God in his purpose and his wisdom, as he set things out to the pleasure of his own good will, it was necessary to bring honor and glory unto himself through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, for the glory of God. That's, That's the end of it. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. The gospel of Jesus Christ. It was necessary. It was necessary for the declaration of the the glory of God that Jesus Christ suffer and to raise raise again the third day. And whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. The gospel, in bringing sinners to himself, it was of a necessity that Jesus Christ suffer and raise again the third day. Of a necessity. Chapter 2, verses 4 through 7 of Ephesians says, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. That quickening together, as he as he suffered and rose from the dead, quicken means make alive. As Christ was made alive after the third day, he makes alive in his gospel, his people. Why? And that raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace, in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For any of that to be possible, it was of a necessity that Jesus Christ die, that he suffer, that he die, and raise again the third day. For his glory. Verse 12 of chapter one, that we should be to the praise of His glory, who first trusted in Christ. For his glory. Why was it necessary? Well, that the, that the glory of God would abound throughout the, throughout the ages. That his mercy and his kindness, uh, pointing to his grace, would abound throughout the ages. In Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Verse 10. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow Back up, verse eight. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, dead, risen. Wherefore God had also, also highly exalted him, lifted him up and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It is of a necessity, a necessity. Of the gospel the necessity of the gospel you know what then the necessity of the gospel declares for the glory of God the holiness and righteousness of God it truly does In the book of Romans chapter 8 it says he spared not his own son and second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 He hath made him to uh, to, him to be sin for us who knew no sin. But he made him to be sin, why? In his sufferings, why? Because in that, he hath made us to be the righteousness of God in him. For his glory, it testifies of the holiness of God. It testifies of his justice. It testifies of his rightness as both just and justifier. The necessity of God. It was necessary for Christ to suffer so that no man can say that God is unjust in his dealings with man. That where sin was found, even placed, not Christ's sin, but the sins of his people. Where sin was found, sin was judged. For the glory of God Almighty, every knee bowing shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Those... Of the redeemed, yes, that we shall gladly bow and say, thou art worthy, for thou hast redeemed us. But even those in their judgment, they will bow also, acknowledging that their judgment is right by the hand of the living God. It was necessary for Christ to suffer. It was necessary for the glory of God that Christ suffered. It was necessary for the good of God's people. The necessity of the gospel is necessary uh, that for, that Christ suffer and raise again the third day for the glory, or for the good, rather, of his people. Consider, if you would, please, in John chapter uh, John chapter 14. It was necessary. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'd go to prepare a place for you. When people think that, they, they think, oh, there's somebody over in glory with a hammer and nail. And that Christ, that he's that he's making a place. He's, he's preparing a place for us. I'm convinced that preparation took place at Calvary. He prepared a place for me when he suffered for me. He prepared a place for me when he took my place. He prepared a place for me in the presence of God, at his sufferings and in his resurrection. Look at what he says. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. How could he, yet he die and rise again the third day and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also, according to the sufferings and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was of a necessity for the good of his people. And whether I go, you know, in the way, you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, not, no, uh, we know not where thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. But he does declare that sinners can come to the Father. No man has seen God at any time, yet we will come to the Father by Jesus Christ. It can hardly be expressed the good that Jesus Christ did according to his sufferings and resurrection and bringing sinners to God. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life of a necessity. No man can do it but by him. You talk about how necessary his sufferings were. No man can come unto him. No man. No man can go unto the Father but by him. His gospel. No man could ascend. No man could work. No man could will. No man could dig deep enough. No No man could study hard enough. No man could turn over that leaf often enough. It was of a necessity. He says, I go to prepare a place. Not we go prepare a place or I'll show you how to do it so you can replicate it for yourselves. No, in the sufferings of Christ and in his resurrection, to the glory of God the Father and for the good of his people, it was of a necessity. It cannot be done without. You know what's great about that? Because when Jesus says it's of a necessity, that means it is. That means... For the glory of God. It will be evident throughout the ages. You can take God at His word. That He shall save His people from their sins. And those that He doesn't she'll, still shall shall bow the knee, but He will receive glory. It is necessary at the declaration of the gospel that God will receive glory in all things. It's necessary. It's not highly likely. likely. It's necessary. So then, child of God, take that for what it's worth. In the mind of God, it is necessary you be before him in love in Christ by the finished work of Jesus Christ. According to his sufferings and resurrection, you will be in his presence. It is necessary to God that you join him for eternity. I've received invitations before. Your, uh, wedding invitations, they write it so your your presence is, is requested and, and so on. But in many ways I'm expendable. What do I mean by that? If I'm invited and I don't show up, it doesn't really matter. But for the glory of God, child of God, God Himself declares it necessary that Christ suffer and rise again, that you be in his presence to adore him. Isn't that, that's that's amazing. That God, according to the gospel of Jesus Christ, found it necessary that you join him through eternity. That's an amazing thing. And not only that he found it necessary that you join him in the gospel of Christ, But he found it necessary that he do you good in this life and in the next. You're ordained unto good works. But in the ages to come, we read, you would see the exceeding riches of his grace. That's what we read in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7. That where I am, there you may be also. How wonderful the necessity of the gospel for the glory of God and the good of his people. In our passage, what also is necessary? You see, in Luke chapter 24, you see the necessity of the gospel. Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to raise from the third day. Raise from the dead the third day. What else is necessary? And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name. Stop there for a moment. What else is necessary? Repentance. Now, this is not adding to the work of God. I believe that repentance is the work of God. Yeah. Okay? It's not man must repent in order to obtain God's work. Repentance is the work of God. Amen. But God doesn't do any work that he doesn't first will. Think about that. He does in time those things that he has always purposed, Right? So the necessity of repentance begins with the will of God. Look, if you would please, in John chapter 3. Excuse me, John chapter 6. The work of God in repentance begins first by the will of God in repentance. John chapter 6 and verse 37. It's, ne- it's of a necessity that repentance come. John chapter 6 and verse 37 All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. What's that mean? That means they got to leave themselves. They got to go to Him, but they got to quit something else. And Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of Him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me. How plain that of all which he hath given me. I should lose nothing, but should raise it up raise it, again, raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone would see at the sun and believeth on him. Stopping believing in anything else, not on myself, not on my works, not on my baptism, not on, 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 on what I know, whatever, believing on him, casting all aside, repenting, believing on him, may have everlasting life. And I'll raise him up at the last day. And then the Jews murmured. Jesus says in verse, the Jews murmured and said, I am, uh, because he said, I am the bread of Lot, the bread, which came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, his father and mother, we know. How is it then that he saith, I am, I came down from heaven. Jesus answered and said unto them, remember not among yourselves, No man can come to me. No man can repent. No man will come to me. No man will satisfy the Father's will in coming to me. Aren't you glad there's not a period there? Except the Father which has sent me, draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. The will of God. The will of God as a necessity. Repentance must come unto the children of God. It's the will of God that the people of God come to Jesus Christ. And no man can except God exert himself on them. No man shall repent unto salvation except God grant it unto them. That's exactly what is said in Acts chapter 11. The, the will of God is that the people of God, that, that all that the Father gave Christ will come to him. The will of God is that the people of God will repent. The work of God is that he grants it unto them. Acts chapter 11 and verse 18. And when they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, not the Gentiles, not Cornelius or his house, They glorified God saying, then hath God also, please mark that word also, also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. What's that mean? That he granted it to the Jews and also to the Gentiles. There is none that comes unto Jesus Christ except... The necessity of repentance that God, according to the will of God, that he does the work of God in granting sinners repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. It's of a necessity. He said in John chapter 10, John chapter 10, the necessity of of repentance, the necessity of the work of God. In John chapter 10, in verse 24. Then came the Jews round about him. The Lord Jesus said to him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly, and he had all along the way. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believed not. They didn't trust him, they didn't come to him. Why? Because they were not of the Father. It's what he says: The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, you repent not, you turn, you don't you turn to me not because you're not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Why? Because it is the will, it would be the will of God, and it is the work of God, granting of repentance, faith in Jesus Christ. They quit themselves. By the power of God, by the will of God, by the work of God, the necessity of repentance. And not one person can be saved without it. Hear that again. Not one person for the glory of God or for the good of God's people can be saved without the will of God and the work of God drawing a sinner and granting them faith and repentance toward Jesus Christ. Not one person can be saved without it. 2 Peter chapter 3. And verse number nine, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but as long suffering to usward, believers, not willing that any usward should perish, but that all usward, underline that last clause, all should come to Repentance. There is not one single person that can be saved or will be saved without the will of God in the work of God drawing them to Jesus Christ, thus causing them to abandon themselves. Christ said in our text in Luke chapter 24, it's necessary, it's a must, you can't do without it and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved, it is necessary Christ to suffer and to raise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name. There is no repentance outside of His name. Now, there are reformation strategies, and there's, there's quick fix, helps, and, and then there's rehabilitation programs or whatever. But that's not repentance. Repentance is the will of God and the work of God and sinners drawing them to Jesus Christ. And what did Jesus Christ say? We read it in John chapter 14. He didn't just say, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. There's a lot of people that think that mental understanding, that's salvation, repentance, and they follow me. They don't follow them anymore. They don't follow this world anymore. They don't follow the patterns of the devil anymore. Repentance, the work of God, the child of God will follow after Jesus Christ. That's the work of God. That one believe Christ and follow after Him. They quit themselves. Joshua, Joshua chapter 5, A lot of folks, they want things done their way and they have a perspective. We have a perspective. I'm a person too. We have a perspective that things got to be my way, okay, that, oh yeah, I trust the Lord. He's on my side. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. Then it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with a sword drawn in his hand. I believe this is a pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? Whose side are you on? you on our side or their side? So someone stuck in themselves. It's a it's a it's a you versus me kind of a thing, right? You, what am I gonna do? You on my side, you're on your side. Whose side are you on? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the Lord, the host of the Lord, the word host means army, as captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? Someone repenting by the will of God and by the work of God. They're not gonna ask God to be on their side they're going to see that their side stinks and they're going to want to be on God's side. They will take God's side against even their own selves. I have sinned against thee and against thee alone. My God, have mercy on me. When Joshua saw that God is on his own side, Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped him and said unto him, Oh Lord, will you be on my side? Really hear my cause. No, he said, My Lord, what saith my Lord unto his servant? What do you want me to do? That's what Paul said to his conversion. That's right. My, what will I have me to do? Repentance. Repentance is agreeing with God of how wrong we are, and only Christ He is the answer in His gospel. It's of a necessity. Religion calls people to ask God to be on their side. Oh God, be on our side as we do this and as we do that and as we whatever. Lord, Lord, haven't I done many wonderful things? Honor that. No. Repentance is seeing there is no way. Outside of the finished work of Jesus Christ and by the will of God and the work of God, one set their face upon Jesus Christ unto salvation. All by the power of God. It's of a necessity. As long as one still perceives that they have a side. Well, hear my side. You know, people, they think, if if you just heard my side, you'd understand. Human beings, we don't have a side. Not one in the presence of God, anyway. It says in Romans chapter 3, every mouth will be stopped. He doesn't want to hear your side. No, repentance. Fall on your face before the Lord. Worship God Almighty. Repent. Desire His side of things. You see the necessity of forgiveness of sins. He said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and arise from the dead, the third day, and that repentance and remission or forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name. The necessity of the remission of sins or forgiveness of sins. There are those that don't perceive they need forgiveness of sins. Why? Well, I've never sinned. What do I need forgiven forgiveness for? You ever had somebody say, "I forgive you," and then you kind of have an attitude and say, "What are you forgive me for? I didn't do nothing wrong." That's the natural position of man. I didn't do anything wrong. Well, if you didn't do anything wrong, it wouldn't be necessary that you have <laughs> that you be forgiven of God. It's necessary. The necessity of forgiveness of sins why is it necessary romans chapter 6 romans chapter 6 verse 20 verse 23 the wages of sin is death death verse 12 wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned oh it's terrifying That's terrifying you know I didn't I didn't always used to look like this there was a time where I was I was young you knew me before I had much of this white hair on my face Sin sin has a hold on on, man, on on Adam's race. We know that we are sinners because we die. It's necessary for those that are fit for death because of sin. It is necessary that we be given be forgiven of our sins. Why? The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, these necessities are they, they they harmonize with one another. One cannot have forgiveness of sins outside of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They cannot cannot have forgiveness of sins. Hebrews chapter ten. You cannot have forgiveness of sins. Outside of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that for the glory of God and for the good of God's people. You cannot have it. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 12. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified, those that for the glory of God and for the glory of his people, they were set apart into salvation. Those by the will of God and by the work of God were granted repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. Wherefore of the Holy Ghost also he is a witness to us for, that after, for after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them in those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts. I will grant them faith and repentance. And in their minds will I write them and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. You see all those words, and, 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 if you think about it mathematically, they all go together and they all come to the same conclusion. Now where remission or forgiveness of these sins is, there is no more offering for sin because of the necessity of the gospel. Sin is taken care of, it is finished, and God grants repentance. Forgiveness of sins. My sins, they were many. Forgiven. The effectiveness of the gospel to make the dead to live, to get to grant life and sonship to those who are out of the way. It's necessary. The necessity of the remission of sins. Nothing unholy can be in the presence of God. Book of Revelation, you can read that nothing will come in that'll make a lie. Look at that. Remission, forgiveness of sins. Revelation chapter 21, verse 27. And it shall be, there shall no wise enter in into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie. Well, that would exclude me. I'm a sinner. I'm awful. Most days I don't like me. Nothing comes into it. But they which are written in the Lamb's book of life, the necessity of the forgiveness of sins gives us permittance and entrance into the presence of God. 22, verse 3, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, forgiven and remittent of sins, we shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever none of which is possible without the forgiveness of sin in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see the necessity of the forgiveness of sins. You see the effectiveness of the gospel. That's what it does. It makes those things that are unclean, holy, clean, and acceptable before God. The effectiveness of the gospel. You also see of the necessity of remission or forgiveness of sins, the elation of the gospel. Elation, what in the world does that mean? Great happiness. Exhilaration. My sins are forgiven. Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Hear what John writes. Verses 4 through 6. Does it mean anything to you? And have made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And again, in chapter 5, and verse 9. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain. You suffered. And has redeemed us. you rose again. Redeemed us. You saved us. You granted us repentance. We gave us forgiveness of sins. You redeemed us to God by thy blood. Out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And has made us under our God kings and priests. And we shall reign on the earth. All oh, the elation. The necessity of the remission or forgiveness of sins. It's necessary that the gospel be Effective every single person Christ died for was given forgiveness of sins. It's necessary. It's a reasonable service. It's necessary that the children of God who have experienced such things would declare forgiveness of sins among the children of men. Chapter 21 of Revelation speaks of a new heaven and new earth, verse three. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, nor shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. Boy, that's something to be elated about. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things known. And and he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. He said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life Freely. Children of God, because of the necessity of the gospel, for the glory of God and for the the good of God's people, and because of the will of God in repentance and the work of God in repentance, and because of the effectiveness of God in the remission of sins that we would be whole and before Him without blame and love. It just makes sense that there'd be a necessity of elation, that we should be ecstatic about it, I ask the kids sometimes, hey, you can go pick up a pizza and their demeanor changes right now. Child of God, how about thinking about salvation and its necessities and its work in your life? That brings us to the fourth necessity. Go back to the passage in Luke chapter 24. The four necessities. The necessity of the gospel, the necessity of repentance, the necessity of forgiveness of sins, Nothing unclean is present in his sight, but thank God those that are written in the Lamb's Book of Life forgiven. The necessity of evangelism. Look again. Luke chapter 24, verse 46 through 48. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and ye are witnesses of these things. Now the first three necessities, the gospel, repentance, and forgiveness, remission, those are necessaries of God. The fourth necessity is a necessity of God's people, specifically his church. Sometimes we can have an idea Oh yeah, sovereign grace, he's going to save his people. But we neglect the necessity that God has given unto us. Not just that we would just be an assembly and sit in a box somewhere. But that we would go and preach and teach and baptize that the the name of Jesus would be declared. The necessity of evangelism. The necessity of evangelism. Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse verses 8 through 10. For by grace are you saved through faith, yes, God, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The, the necessity of the gospel, the necessity of repentance, the necessity of the remission or forgiveness of sins. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Principally evangelism, the declaration that Jesus Christ came to save his people from their sin. Which God hath before ordained. Ordained. It is just as much as Christ was ordained to die and to suffer and raise from the third day, uh, the dead the third day, you are ordained, child of God, ordained unto good works, to walk in. Just as much as it behooved Christ, it was necessary for him to die and rise again. And it was necessary that repentance be brought by the will and work of God. And that it's necessary that sinners be forgiven. It is necessary. It is necessary that the children of God with all elation, with all joy, be witnesses of Christ. You see that word and has the same, same word. And you're witnesses of these things. The purpose of evangelism. What's the purpose of evangelism? Is it to make you feel good? No. If it was all about me feeling good, I would you might find something else to do. I might find something else to do. The purpose of evangelism is to declare the gospel. The purpose of evangelism is that, that God Almighty would work out his work uh, of repentance. That God Almighty would work out his will of repentance. That God Almighty, through the preaching of the gospel, would grant forgiveness of sins to declare his name. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, we've read so many times. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he declares to his people, "Ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and in the most part of the earth. Not you will be, or could be, or maybe will be, or, you know, if you've got nothing else going on. You shall, of a necessity, I have appointed you, he says, unto this work, unto this office. It is the declared will of God unto his assembly. And the purpose of evangelism, that we would declare His name and salvation through His name unto a lost and dying generation. You know, sometimes we consider this a great burden, don't we? Oh, I get, oh, would you think it's a great burden if you went over here and won the Powerball for half a billion dollars? Would it be a great burden for you to tell somebody that you won? I mean, I've been excited before. Sometimes I leave myself a little present in my jacket. You know, after winter's over, maybe sometimes I might leave a five dollar bill in my pocket. I get all excited. Oh, boy, I got a five dollar bill. The gospel, repentance, forgiveness of sins. It should be the greatest joy of the believer to declare the greatness of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that God Almighty does draw sinners unto himself and forgives them. I know people that die holding grudges. But God Almighty, the holy, forgives sinners? And what basis and how could it be? The gospel. Jesus died for me. I should have died. He died instead. There should be a great pleasure. Yes, it's it's of a necessity. Evangelism is of a necessity, but it should be our greatest joy to declare what God Almighty has done for us. In Mark chapter 5, when he said, well, as you turn into Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 5, when he said all these things to these people in Jerusalem, In verse 51 of Luke 24, and it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Yeah. Oh, there was pleasure. They couldn't wait to see what happens and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. In Mark chapter five, verse 18. And when it was, he was coming to the ship, the Lord Jesus Christ coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord had done for thee and, he hath, and hath had compassion on thee. Go tell the people you know that you were dead in sins, that I made you alive, I rid you of those demons, I forgave you of your sins and your promised eternal life with me. Go tell them. Did he hold a private club meeting? And he departed and began to publish, broadcast, declare in the the ten great cities. How great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. They might have thought he was crazy, but they knew something got a hold on him. Oh, great pleasure in evangelism! What great pleasure a child of God ought to have in evangelism. Well, it's not always my ties and yachtsy, as they say. In Acts chapter 9, in verse 15, Acts chapter 9, and verse 15, the Lord said unto him, the apostle Paul, Go thy way, for he has chosen vessel unto me to bear my name. Excuse me, Ananias he spoke to. For he a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles, to be my happy evangelist and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. He was beaten, he was shipwrecked, he was stoned. I believe it was the Apostle Paul's greatest joy to declare what great things the Lord had done for him. In Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, The joy, the pleasure of evangelism. Is it nothing to you? The pleasure of evangelism. It's of a necessity. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You take God at his word. If so, follow on. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher, without one declaring the good news, the glad tidings of the kingdom of God? And how shall they preach except they have been sent? If you're a member of a sovereign grace landmark missionary Baptist church, you have been sent. You've been commissioned by God. There's an old movie that came out years ago, The Blues Brothers, and One of the guys, he said, we're on a mission from God. Well, you're on a mission from God to do what? You're sent to broadcast the gospel. The necessity of evangelism. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. And bring glad tidings of good things. Sinners are saved from their sins in the gospel." But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. These necessities, Christ satisfied the necessity of the gospel. And the Trinity satisfies the necessity of repentance. The Father, uh, the Father commissioning the Spirit to draw unto Christ. Likewise, the forgiveness of sins. God Almighty satisfies the necessity of of the forgiveness of sins. He has committed unto the children of men the necessity of evangelism. Well, how seriously did Jesus Christ take his office of necessity? How often do we consider ours? Children of God, from this passage, please, please consider. Think back of those hierarchy of needs. Jesus Christ said that the word of God is more necessary, is more important than our necessary food. Yeah. In your needs, it is the breath you have. It is necessary. We use it unto the gospel. Everything that we have, all that we have. Is necessary that the gospel be sounded from us. I believe as the Lord has formed his assembly, such as pleasing in his sight, he did so that we would love and care for one another and encourage one another that we would, as a people, honor this necessity of evangelism for the glory of God, declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ, declaring as John and as the Lord Jesus and as Peter and John and Paul, declaring repentance toward God. Repent, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Declaring the effectiveness of God, that your sins be forgiven. As we consider these things, the more I understand the necessities of the gospel, repentance, and remission of sins, the more I'll understand the necessity of my calling. As a child of God and a member of his local assembly, the necessity of my calling as one that would declare the gospel sound. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached, declared, declared in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem and finding its way clearing over to Silsby, Texas and you're witnesses of these things. Children of God, be refreshed of these necessities. Of the necessity of evangelism, I trust in the Lord. You've been challenged. Sound the gospel, preaching of necessity. It's a necessary thing and you know what? God will perform his necessaries at the last. All his people will come to him. He will not cast out any of them. And in the ages to come, will know the exceeding riches of his grace. He will grant repentance to those that he has saved. He will draw them to to Christ himself by the spirit of God, forgiving them of their sins and the gospel of Jesus Christ. He will perform his necessities. We're ordained unto good works. I believe that God will perform that necessity through us as well. At the same time, we are given a charge of responsibility in that, aren't we? Didn't Jesus Christ give them a charge of responsibility? Ye are my wit. You are witnesses of these things. He gave them a charge of responsibility. Ye shall be my witness. Today, we should hear that same charge of responsibility. Sinner, it is necessary that sin must be judged. Necessary. It it cannot go unpunished. It is necessary that sin must be punished. It will either be judged upon Jesus Christ in his sufferings. Listen, this isn't sufferings as hammer and nails. This is the, the fire of God entering into his bones. It behooved Christ to suffer. Why? Because sin was laid on him. Sin must be judged. It is necessary that God Almighty judge sin. He will not deprive himself of the necessity of judging sin, it will not be withholden from him. Every sin shall be judged. Hear the gospel. Every sin shall be judged either upon the offender or upon a fit substitute. That's why christ it behooved Christ to suffer. He is that fit substitute, and none other else can do. Only Christ can take away the sins of His people. It behooved Christ because of sin. That sin must be judged that He took the sin of His people upon Him. May God grant you ears to hear. May He grant you a heart of repentance that you acquit yourself and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. May God grant you forgiveness of sins according to that word. Do you see your need? May God grant. Repent, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Be forgiven that your sins may be blotted out. May the Lord bless the preaching of His Word.